Welcome into another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing very well, Sean. I just, I told you I started uh, back getting in shape a, a couple, three weeks ago, and I, I got a good one in today. I'm getting getting in better shape all the time. So I got a good one in today. I'm nice and relaxed. Got the endorphins moving, ready to do a good show. You're preaching to the choir, brother. I mean, I know all about the benefits of exercise, and it, it yes, it's hard. It's challenging. It takes willpower, but the the after effects of that exercise is so worth it, man. It really is. It, it's, it's the days that you don't want to do it too. Or the day, those days that you don't want to do it are the very days you have to, but you know, and wherever it is, I mean, you're in great shape. You're like, you know, you're like every day, I think every like six, seven days a week. Yeah. I'm a little bit older than you. I'm a bigger dude. If I can get two quality workouts in, I feel like I did like you're sick, you know, but, but those days you, you just the days and you never really feel like doing it. You push yourself, you do it. And after you're there for 10, 15 minutes and the sweat starts going, you feel great. And afterwards, like now, this is like, I mean, you could bottle this stuff up and sell it. This is all natural too. And I'm just feeling very, very, you know, you get yourself a good meal, a quality meal, a hot shower, and you feel like a million bucks. And I could sink yeah. into this chair. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what, what's, uh, what's on the itinerary tonight, my man? All right, so let's start with the lyrics. Uh, today we got Foo... I'm going to start off with telling you the name of the band before I do the lyrics. Let's change it up a little bit. Foo Fighters. The song is Best of You from the album In Your Honor from 2005. The lyrics I chose... There's so many from this song to choose. I chose isolated these, but I'm going to talk about the other ones a little bit. Uh, the lyrics are as follows. I was too weak to give in, too strong to lose. My heart is under arrest again, but I break loose. So whenever I hear this song, I get like super emotional because there's so many people in this world. Um, we, uh, we learn to be abused. We learn to be taken advantage of. And sometimes we're, we're too strong to lose, which is a good thing, but we're too weak to give in. Um, so your heart is kind of under arrest, but you still break loose. And one of the other lyrics from the song that I like that really gets to me is, were you born to resist or be abused? I swear I'll never give in. I refuse. So if someone's getting the best of you, think about that. Were you born to resist or be abused? No, you weren't born to be abused. You were born to resist. Um, never give in. Refuse to give in. Uh, your heart is, might, might be under arrest again, but you could break loose. Um, and this song is just, it's an excellent song because people can get the best of you in everyday, everyday situations, whether it be long-term, short-term in life, you know, everyday conversations, you know, sometimes you're like, wow, did they, uh, did they get the best of me? Are they, are they like, you know, it happens a couple of times. You're like, wow, this person's kind of, um, taking advantage of me or just in life. It could be metaphorical. What's going on? Am I, am I, am I just, you know, am I not living life to the fullest? Am I letting life get to me? Um, I want to break loose. I want to live my life. I want to be free. Um, so that's kind of what it means to me a little bit. Um, not to go into too many personal stories, but this song is very powerful. Um, what do you think, Joe? You know, Sean, I mean, and, and I like Foo Fighters. I, I, I like a couple of the songs. I mean, I, Gruel was cool because he, to me, he played, for, you know, with Nirvana, Nirvana. I mean, that, he gets a lifelong pass for that. And I like some of the stuff that he's done. Now, I, 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 this song here, I hadn't heard or anything. And, and, but when I isolate those lyrics and I, I isolated the lyrics, I said, just, uh, what's it, just yesterday, I said, let me look at those lyrics that Shawnee's doing so I can, you know, give him some feedback on what I feel about that. And I just looked at this lyric and it just reminded Reminded me, I took it as as an amorous, a romantic type of, of, of a lyric. You know, there's an old lyric from a '70s song that says, uh, 
never want to fall in love again. Never want to start with someone new because I couldn't bear to see it end just like me and you. And it was seemed to me like this is similar. Like he, he, this dude's been in love and he's, he's, he's gone through it and he's had his heart broken and he's not ready, but he says, you know, I was too weak. I was too weak to give in. He knew himself. He was too weak. Like he met somebody new, but he was too weak to give in, like to give her his heart, like to tell her those three words and to really, to take the, the, you know, to really fall in again. And he says too strong to lose. He doesn't want to lose at the game anymore. Doesn't want to lose right now. You know, my heart is under arrest again. Like you have it, like she has it, this potential new girl, but I break loose. Uh, I'm going to step away because I'm afraid of, and believe it or not, I mean, this stuff happens. I had a, I had a girlfriend that was, this was like for a couple, three, four months. I went to high school with her. It wasn't my high school girlfriend or anything like that, but it was a girl I went to high school with. I ran into her about uh, maybe seven years after high school. And we talked about this and that we went out for a couple, three, four months. And, you know, I was like, well, and she started getting a little weird, a little twisty, a little, you know, and then it's like she didn't call me back. And I'm like, what the, what, what is jumping here? What's so anyway, I, saw, I let it go. I just let it go. But we got back together again about five months later. I saw her out somewhere and it was on again. But we talked about that five months and I talked about this. And she said to me, she goes, I was like, why would, why'd you get sideways like that? What, what the hell happened? Did you get back with your husband? Cause she was divorced. She didn't know how to get back with him or anything like that. She says, I just, I liked you too much and I didn't want to like you. I'm like, Oh, that's great. That's really, that, thanks a lot. You know, it's, that, happened. that happens a lot in life. Yes, like people get overly yes. emotional about somebody and it scares them. Um, yep. So they kind of push them away. The other person yeah. gets confused, but they, it's not their intention that they, they like you. Right. But like, they're kind of scared of like what, that's how much she they said. like you, right? That's exactly what she's doing. You could put me on a, on, a, on a, if this happened, this is real. And I guess that's, I guess that's from where I, you know, that's the lens I was looking through maybe when I first started to look at this, but that's, that's just a, a cat that's been hurt. At this time, it's the male though. He's been hurt. He's, he's digging her. Uh, he's too weak to fall in again. He feels, you know, too strong enough to know he doesn't want to lose at the love game anymore. My heart feels like it's under arrest, like she's got it if if she wants it. But I'm going to break loose. Now maybe he breaks loose, yeah. like you know, so that's like the romance angle. But if you actually yeah. other other part, you could, I mean, this, that's what's great about songs. It's all subjective at times. Yes, that's that's um, it. That's it. So he says, um, "I'm getting tired of starting again somewhere new." Um, so he's getting tired of starting again. He just, he just wants to like continue like, you know, solid relationships and things in his life. And he has to continue starting over again. Like it could be like a boss who's abusing your trust and confidence and bosses like being an asshole to you. Sorry for the, the language there, but, um, and the boss is getting to you and it's like, what's going on? Why don't I just leave this damn job and, you know, get a better environment. But some, a lot of people need their job. It's their livelihood. Starting yeah. again is not easy. So the idea of starting again and, and getting out of a toxic situation is kind of a, a theme to me of this song. It's like, okay, like you gotta, you gotta, you know, have some strength and break away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you, I worked with kids that were abused you know, the the majority of kids that are abused are abused by a parent. Um, and you can look that up. That that's true. And I said to, I said to a therapist one time I was working at a group home and I said, I said, Hey Doug, I said, because I was asking him, 
these kids, I mean, if you read some of the files, I'm not going to say anything, but if you read, I read, would read some of the files and think, how in the hell can this kid even think about going back to this, 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 this maniac mother? How can I? And I asked him one time, I said, you know, what the hell is going on? Why, how would, you know, I asked him that very question. And he said, you know, he said, to be honest with you, when it all comes down to it, a lot of times the kid's rationale is a screwed up mother is better than no mother at all. Wow. Okay. Just one of those things that I, and kids are resilient and i i mean i'm i mean i've seen some things and and, and really and read some things and 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 i i've seen some really disturbed kids but i guess they feel um like at least they have a mom to go to and yeah mom did this to me she did that to me she did that to me but she's still my mom yeah that's so. I mean, that's that's a common premise man um family's family and a lot of people deal with abusive uh, family and breaking away is not easy. And, um, you know, where, how do you start new? How do you get a new family? It's like, well, most people meet their wife or, you know, meet their mm-hmm. husband if you're, you know, whatever. Um, and that's your new family. It's your chance to, to build your own family, learn from, okay, I was abused by my family, but this is never going to happen to my, my new family here. I'm going to treat my wife like a prince princess uh, queen, I'm um, mm-hmm. gonna raise my kids to be the best kids they can be, the best adults they can be, to be better than I was. Um, and and you know, so that pain can turn to something really positive. You could start new and create something really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and sometimes right. in life, and just like you know, I said to you like a week ago, sometimes in life it's just it's a point where you say, okay, you know what. I'm not going to change everything, but I'm going to make a couple major changes right here. We got to get this done and that done and that done. But again, along with this, along with what you're talking about, there's an old 70s song. I, I think 10CC does it, but never going to fall in love again. Don't want to start with someone new because I couldn't bear to see it end just like me and you. And that's kind of like the same kind of thing, like when you're reading down there. But anyway. Um, is that song called Never Going to Fall in Love Again by Eric Carmen? That's it. Eric that's Carmen. It. Yeah. yeah. 1975. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually a pretty cool song. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, like, wow, it'll get to you a little bit, but, uh, but it's the same kind of thing that uh, we're talking about here. But yeah, but as far as, um, as far as new beginnings, we're always making new beginnings and you always should. And, but anybody's, you know, abuse is a, is a relative term too. I mean, they're all kinds of, you know, the most common yeah, for, you know, the most common form of abuse. Sports. When they're like, <laughs> I'm thinking of like Michael Jordan. We're like Michael Jordan just abused that guy, that defender. You know what I mean? Like oh, 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 oh. No, the most common form of abuse is neglect, because neglect is a form of That's abuse. True. Yeah, it's, it's emotional. So, it's emotional um, and physical. You know, irresponsible. Just, you know, mom yeah. goes out with her boyfriend all weekend, and the kids have. You know, a loaf of bread and a, a jar of peanut butter and a half gallon of milk, and the kids are six and nine, and mom's out for three, four days on a bender, and whatever the kids rustle up to eat. I mean, listen, neglect is a form of abuse, and not only is it a form of abuse, it's the most common, especially among children. But I digress. Yeah. Good, good lyrics, man. Good lyrics, Sean. Yeah. So that's uh, Foo Fighters, Best of You, off their 2005 album, In Your Honor. 
Um, I'm a little salty about Foo Fighters right now, though, because they there's this club in Washington, D.C. It's like a famous club. It's called the 930 Club, or was called the 930 Club. But they're reopening it and calling it like the Atlantis or something like that. And they have Foo Fighters is opening the new venue, but in like a small, you know, intimate uh, venue. Like imagine seeing Foo Fighters in a small, intimate venue. They're used to playing stadiums and stuff, right? Um, so I, they have this new system where you can apply to get tickets for like, because they want to avoid scalpers. You get tickets for like 50 bucks to see Foo Fighters open up that place. So I applied and I was hoping that I would win because I was ready to drive to it's in Washington, D.C. I was, I was all ready to drive there in May and go to that show. Um, but it's not happening. I didn't win. So I was a little, I almost changed the lyrics. I was, I was, I was like, well, I can't blame Foo Fighters. It was, it was just a lottery. I didn't win. You know, it's not a big deal, but it would have been damn cool to see because I've never seen, I'm seeing Foo Fighters at a See Here Now festival in September, but, um, you know, it would have been cool to see them at this small, intimate club. That would have been quite an experience. But, you know, I can't, you know, I can't hold a grudge against a band for some ticket lottery, you know, where a million people probably applied. No, nah, but then we're talking about bands. I just want to tell you something I saw on the news today that September 23rd is now going to be Bruce Springsteen Day yeah, in the yeah. state of New Jersey. But I don't know. That, that's my next topic, dude. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's good that you said that because I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have brought that up. <laughs> it's a good segue because I'm talking about it anyway. I saw Bruce yeah. again. I saw him at Prudential Center. It was his last show um, before he goes to Europe on the 28th. He's on the Barcelona, I believe. First show in Europe's Barcelona, and he's traveling all over. He put on a phenomenal show, but it was kind of dampered for me because I drove in the Newark. It was in Newark, New Jersey at Prudential Center. Um, I prepaid for parking. I paid like 21 bucks for parking. You know, gas and tolls and parking. It was probably a little bit more expensive than just taking the train, but I, I wanted to have control. Like, I, I, Bruce is going to play for over three hours. I don't want to be at the mercy of when the train leaves. And if I missed that train, I wouldn't get back till like, you know, as I had to work the next day too. I had to work on Saturday. Um, and I, you know, I just yeah. wanted to be, I just wanted to drive home. I wasn't drinking or anything like that. Um, but anyway, I get to the parking garage. The parking garage is completely full and I get to this upper deck. And all of a sudden, the cars start backing up. We're like, there's no spot. So all, we're, we're backing up in like a single file line. We're like, what's going on here? Where's the parking? What do we do? This is kind of anxiety-inducing. Yeah. So anyway, I had to make a really sharp right turn into like this corridor hallway into the next garage. Next <sighs> garage. And I, my whole goal was to avoid, you know, cracking my side view mirror. Because I had a little scare in Washington, D.C. when I saw Bruce. I My side view mirror hit the wall, but it just had a little mark of paint on it, which I my dad helped me wipe off, which is fine. So, and plus my, like, I know someone who got, you know, they knocked off their side view mirror and it cost a lot of money. So I'm like, they could protect the side view mirror. So I, I made sure I made a wide enough turn to protect the side view mirror, but it was such a thin hallway. It was barely the width of my car, you know, and I, I got a little small SUV and like, it's not like a regular car, but it's, you know, it's an SUV, but it's small. Right. Um, next thing I know, I heard a crunch and I'm like, Oh my God, this is what is going on here. I want to go. I just want to get to the concert. I want to have a good time tonight. And I tried to back up. It wouldn't let me back up. And then I pulled forward. It was still crunching. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm ruining my car. It was it was, it was was horror movie stuff. Um, so then finally, I had to pull. There were people behind me honking and stuff. Like, what's going on? Why is this guy stuck? We got we to gotta park. We got to get to where we're going. It's like, you know how people are when they're in their cars. They get road yeah. They get impatient. Yeah. People yeah. turn from angels to devils in, the, in a matter of seconds when they're in their cars. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, um. I, you know, I pulled forward and then I, you know, I was able to get out of my car while I was still in the garage and see the damage. The back passenger door is all scraped up and scratched. It's got paint. Um, and thankfully the door still open. Thankfully the lock still worked and then mess with the electronics. Um, so I mean, long story short is I have to, I have, I think I have progressive auto insurance, but I guess I didn't, 
get the premium one. So my deductible is a little bit high. My deductible is about $750, dude. So, you know, it's going to be over $750, but all I have to pay is $750, which all I have to pay is still a lot of money. So I'm like, I'm kicking myself. I'm like, why didn't I just take a train here? I could have avoided all this, you know, just kind of put a damper on the night. Um, but anyway, the concert was fun. Um, one thing that happened that kind of ruined my mood a little bit too is there was a large lady next to me. Not use the word fat, a large lady, pretty large lady, right, way close to four hundred pounds. And I was in the floor seating, and the, the seats are just like normal seats, and they're, they're pretty like close together. They're they're you know they're connected to each other. So this lady was, I got there and she was sitting down. I realized in that moment my seat was right next to her. She was taking up half my seat, and I'm like, oh my god, what do I do here? So. 40 minutes before the show started, I, I stood up. I didn't even sit down. I wanted to sit down and just relax because I was about to stand for three hours. I don't sit down there in concerts, really. Um, so anyway, I couldn't sit down the whole time. I couldn't sit down before the concert. And, you know, it's one of those things I thought about. It's like, man, you know, bigger people should take up two take up two chairs. They should pay for two seats or the concert venue should give them two seats because I literally had nowhere to sit. You know what I mean? And like – um what kind of seats were they? Because I'm, I, you know, like a baseball game, you have armrests there. That... Well, I mean, I sat next to the Yankee game and we sat next to each other. That was fine. But when I tell you, this lady was like, you know, this lady was like, like double your size, dude. Like she was, and they, these are like little smaller chairs. They weren't like stadium seats. But they were armrested. They were, you know. They're... No, no, they weren't armrested or anything. Like they're just seats in the floor. Uh, okay. They, okay. they put these seats in the floor just for concerts. Then they take them off for, you know, for ball I games. You. I got you. And, I got you. Stuff like that. But anyway. Well, you, you say you, go ahead. Go ahead. But that happened. Bruce show was excellent. Um, he played a couple songs he hasn't played so far. He played the song called Local. He opened up. He hasn't shown this the whole tour. The whole tour, he's opened up with the song No Surrender. This tour, he opened up. This this show, he opened up with the song called Local Hero. Um, it was cool. It was a whole different vibe. He's like, oh, I'm so glad to be back in New Jersey, that type of stuff. It was cool. Um, and I thought he was going to play Jungle Land. He didn't play Jungle Land. He played Jersey Girl instead of Jungle Land, the encore. Oh, Everyone God. was happy to hear Jersey Girl, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? It was like. Jungle Land is, you know me, that's that's like yeah. my top. He's only played Jungle Land once the whole tour. So he played that for yeah. Maz- people at Madison Square Garden, New York City, got to see Jungle Land, which is fine. But um, Jersey Girl was cool, but it's like not my not one of my favorite Bruce songs. It's a good song, but um, but anyway, just to quickly talk about what happened. I had to pay seven hundred fifty dollars to get my get my car fixed. I'm dealing with insurance. I got to go to all our body shops tomorrow. It's another headache that I don't need, but I have to deal with obviously. Um, but you're going to think I'm crazy, Joe. I told you what I did. The Knicks played Saturday, and they had plus 185 odds. They're underdogs um, to to the uh, the Cavs. They were playing in the first round. I messed around and made a $450 bet. And right. thankfully, the Knicks won. But watching that game was so stressful because was, it was a roller coaster. They're winning, then they're losing, then the game was close. I like, saw the end of that thing, yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, long story Short is I turned that four hundred fifty dollars into thirteen hundred dollars, so I basically won about eight hundred fifty dollars. Eight hundred dollars I won, right, right around that. Um, and that pays for my deductible. That pays for the. It's like it's like the car accident never happened. Uh, yeah. You know, it was kind of a ballsy move, but I look back at it. My whole, my whole, my whole like um, rationale for it was, well, I'm going to the Knicks playoff game next Sunday. And that ticket was about four hundred bucks. It's plus going the train. It's going to cost close to five hundred bucks to go to that Knicks game next Sunday. So I was like, you know, if I lose this bet, I'm not going to the next game. I really was convinced I'm not going to the next game. So I did that knowing that if I lost the bet, I would immediately sell my Knicks ticket and not go. Okay. And I was like, you know, but it, it worked out. I won the bet. It pays for the deductible. Um, but it was a ballsy move, man, right? 
Right. But let me just back up for a second, too. As far as your experience at the concert and the woman you were sitting next to, I'm, I'm happy that you weren't. Um, you no, I didn't complain. You know what I mean? Because you, were, you weren't a prick about anything, yeah, for lack of a better term. You were nice to her, and you didn't make her feel bad about herself, and she could have a decent time, too. And you yeah, said was, yourself, was, you stand was, a lot anyway. She was with her kids. I think her kids had never seen Bruce before, and she was all excited to be at the concert. She was screaming Bruce. She was pretty loud. She was screaming Bruce. She was doing the whole Bruce thing, and, like, she was really into it. So, no, at no point did I make her feel like, you know, she That's was – cool inconveniencing me but like what happened was there's two seats to the left of me near the aisle mm-hmm. and i sat down like 20 minutes ago before the concert i sat down in one of the other people's chair because i that's all i could that's the only room i could sit that's the only place i could sit mm-hmm. um i got there and then the ticket guy had to come up to me that the usher was like hey sir show me your ticket and i showed him my ticket i was like yeah i know i'm in the seat next to me and i, I didn't say anything i didn't say okay i had to sit here because i can't fit next to her and that happened too and I, you know then I just next the people next to me, the people who sat in those two chairs sat down. And then I was squished between those two people and then the big lady. Um, but I stood the whole time. It was fine, a little bit, you know, tight at times, but you know, it was Bruce Springsteen playing in New Jersey. You can't get better than that. So you I got had through, time. you had a good time, and you allowed yeah. that lady to have a good time without feeling bad. Because well, a lot of people think these really obese people that they're just absolute, you know, just really uh, hedonistic and they don't they it's not always it really isn't I think it, what it, happens, it is dude, it's like it's it gets out of, it gets out of control. They start gaining more and more weight, and they they feel like they can't reverse it, so they just kind of give up. And, and and I've seen people that big that really tried and tried their hearts out to really give, and it's like unfair to them. Like you and I can eat a hot dog and not even really you know get, and, and these people can like you know like have a, like a bag of M and M's and like and, and swell up like it. It really is tr- now. Look, there are some folks that just straight up all right, but I mean for a lot of people that we consider obese, we look at them and immediately assume that they have no willpower, no desire, they don't, and that's not always true. So uh, kudos to you for being cool about things, not making her feel uncomfortable, and for when you tell me she had a great time. That's a B is with regards to your betting um i like the fact that you said to yourself if i don't hit i'm not going to go here you know you you had a plan it wasn't like wow geez i i look okay i'm down 800 maybe i'll throw throw you know this much money on here maybe i'll win at least you had the discipline you know to say and if that that doesn't hit i'm just going to deprive myself over here because a someone with a gambling problem wouldn't do that some of the gamble problem says, oh, no, I'm going to the basketball game. It's just a matter of if I can hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like that part in there. You didn't tell me that before because I don't want you to ever th- – I want you to ever – you know this. Any, I don't want you or anyone to think anytime you're in a jam, you know what? I'm at a $600 jam. <laughs> I would, it's not, it doesn't work that way. You were very, very lucky, and I think the, the, you know, the, the forces above were looking out for you. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, because- gambling, gambling is – the quickest way to make and lose money. Cause I literally, cause after the bet, I'm thinking, why didn't I bet a thousand? Cause if I bet a thousand, see, I see, I would have won, won the 800 plus another 800 plus another 200. And then I'd be living the dream. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, no, just, just, I, t- I got my win. I won and you know, that w- it was nice and it worked out and the universe balanced itself and unfortunate. I so you're not a gambleaholic. We don't have to call yeah. the, you know, we don't. <laughs> We don't know. I think, I think it's the parking, the parking garage had an excuse. The parking garage attendant told me, he basically said, he's like, yo, I have, I'm taking care of like four of the garages. I, you know, I can't see everything. I didn't realize the garage was full. It's a self park garage. We're not responsible. And I'm like, dude, like that was the tightest turn I've ever made. And the only reason I had to make a right turn into that space is because 
you had the the upper you know, the outdoor area all the way filled, and we all had to back up. Otherwise, that would have been a left turn for me. It would have been way more manageable, even though it's very tight. But he's like, we've been around since the 70s, you know. And I'm like, this has to happen every day. Because that was, I've been in a lot of parking garages, man. And this was, I'm not unlike anything I've ever seen. So I digress. Um, cool. That happened. <laughs> so I, let me tell you, before we before we jump into Saturday Night Live review and the movies I saw, um, I want to quickly um, ask you, what was your cheat meal this weekend? Oh, um. Well, there were two. It was, uh, it was, it was Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I had some, I had a half a stuffed crust pizza in slices, frozen, and I thawed them out and put them in the oven. And they're, t- Jesus, they're, they're almost, they're, they're as good, if not better, than when, when you heat them up like that. But stuffed crust, meat lovers, four, four slices, just, oh, just knocked the hell out of it. That was Saturday. Uh, and, or that was, yeah, that was Saturday. And Sunday, uh, I did some, I had some, went to the store, uh, last week and the same Sunday meal last week, got some Polish kibasa, Polish kibasa on a roll, uh, with some, last week I had mac and cheese and I had au gratin potatoes, like cheese potatoes, uh, yesterday instead of the mac and cheese, but some really good, I mean, the kibasa on, on a roll and it was just, um, just delicious. I mean, you know. And any of you, any of your sausages from me, it's like, oh, give me that son of a gun. So, but, um, that's what I did. And I had, uh, had cheesecake for dessert a week ago on Sunday. And, uh, you know what I had for dessert? I messed around and just got some double stuffed, uh, white Oreos, not the chocolate. Cause the chocolate, anytime I start messing with chocolate, I'm toying with heartburn, but th- I love the white ones anyway. I love the vanilla Oreos, the double stuffed. So I ate a sleeve and a half, almost half a pack, like a sleeve and a half for dessert after, uh. Well, was it like the, uh, the, they're, they're like white on the outside and they're white in the middle. They're like kind yeah. of, they're beige on the outside, but they're white in the middle. The vanilla ones kind of. You got it. The beige so, on the those, outside. Those are underrated. Those are very good. Oh, Jesus. I love them more than the other ones. And I, and I don't have to worry about heartburn. Um, so, and, and they're, they're really, really good. And I, you get three sleeves to, you know, you buy a big pack at the, at the store, a size of like a piece of paper, maybe bigger, like eight and a half by less. It's a big, and you get three sleeves. Uh, and I ate a sleeve and a half, uh, each, uh, you know, I ate a sleeve and a half. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you tell the audience, like, I know you're trying to lose, you're trying to get more healthy and lose some weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's quickly how habits can start. You said you started going to Chick-fil-A almost every Wednesday, right? Yeah. I, and one of the reasons here, well, there's a lot of, there are a lot of, the summer's coming up. I like to, for my health, you know, I can tell when I get around 240, I should start reeling it back. And normally I reel it back to 230 or so, and I'm going, I'm going to try to go to 220. But anyway, I, I just found myself thinking, what the hell's going on here? I said, I know I haven't been exercising the way I should, but is my diet really going to hell lately? And I really started thinking about it. Instead of, instead of five good days of eating and, and, you know, two days of junk eating and, and five healthy days of eating, I had it inverted. And there was a while there where I was messing around and going every Wednesday to Chick-fil-A. And I get two sandwiches. I get the macaroni and cheese. I get the chocolate chip cookies. And, I mean, the whole, you know, and, and I started doing it as a habit every Wednesday. It just fell in there really nicely. It's, it's crazy how habits can start. Cause I told you I got the subway pass. Now I feel obligated to, uh, to get enough subway to make, to make the pass worth it. Like tonight I have a cheesesteak. I got a foot long cheesesteak waiting for me after the show. Um, but now I'm like thinking about like, I'm like, Oh my God, when, when April ends, I can't really 
how can, how am I going to get footlongs at Subway? Because obviously I don't want to pay because they're, they're it's kind of expensive. Like um, right. Subway is not as good as Jersey Mike's, that type of thing. We're saying Subway's not that bad. But my point is now I'm already thinking, it's like once you become a habit, it's like I'm going to Subway like three or four times a week now. I'm like, how am I going to stop? That's another reason why that's the good. First of all, they give you that. If you buy 78, you get your 79th free, and they give you that kind of thing. Plus, they get you in there in that rhythm. It's very clever. It's very clever. It's smart. So yeah, it's smart. It, it, it is. So, But you know what? If you're going to be – I told you that before. I mean, if, if you're going to be um, – if you're going to develop a habit towards something, going out to the movies like you do is good. It's a good thing. It could be a lot of worse things. And if it's going to be a Subway sandwich, it's, that could be worse things too. So, yeah. you know, that being said, what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did I cut you off about Chick-fil-A or you all good on that? No, all good. Okay. All right, so you watched Saturday Night Live, right? I did. All right, so I thought Anna de Armas, um, she's she's a beautiful, stunning actress. Um, Indeed. The, and the musical guest, she was pretty attractive, too, that Latina. Yes. Uh, I didn't really know any of her music, so it wasn't as enjoyable. But, you know, the eye candy and being able to appreciate her beauty was nice, you know. She was, yeah, and that's two different types of one is a fuller figure and one is a thinner figure. But I think they were <laughs> they were both remarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anna de Armas, um, she used to date Ben Affleck. Um, she is uh she's a good actress too. She's not just a looker, you know what I mean? She's got talent. Right, right. She, I think she's Cuban and Spanish. Um she's Cuban and Spanish. I think she was I'm trying to find out when she was born. Um, I don't think she's she's around like 30 years old, I think. She was born 1988. Oh, okay. She's actually only two years younger than me. Um so she's about 34 years old. I didn't realize she's 34. I thought she was more around 30. But anyway, um, yeah, she's Spanish and Cuban. Um, just to get into the review here, I thought SNL past couple of weeks have been a little bit off to me. And it's not as like, because it was Molly Shannon, it's Quinta Brunson, now it's Anna de Armas. The past three have been female hosts. Um, and not saying that female hosts are not as good as the male hosts. So I don't think there's a correlation between my enjoyment of SNL. It's the writing. It's the it's the skits. It's how they're utilizing the, the host and the, the material. Um, it just hasn't been hitting for me the past couple of weeks. It's strange. Well, I don't know the past couple of weeks, but this particular show, I, I don't know if it has to do with the two Latin girls. I don't know. I mean, I that was that was a very, a very, very nice. Uh, they're both extremely nice. But aside from that, the, the skits themselves, I think I, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking I remember. Damn, these are just pretty. I'm, I enjoy. It's still not. It. Listen, I'm an, I'm not going to sound like an old curmudgeon and say nothing will be ever, ever better than Belushi and Bill Murray and Chevy Chase and Gilda Radner and all that. I'm not going to get into that. But as of as of the show, as of recently, you know, I haven't been so keen on it. I'm like, ah. but this week with that, I thought some of the skits were actually pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed them a little more than normal. OK, really so did. which ones um, like stood out to you? I remember thinking that as I'm watching it. Now, remind me of what the skits remind me of what the skits were. And I can tell you uh, which so, ones. I- OK, so they're doing a recurring character with this one of the cast members. Um, Lisa from Temecola or Tem- I don't know how you pronounce it. Lisa from Temecola. She sits at the dinner table at one time. She was cutting steak and, you know, making a fuss about cutting steak and telling her. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. one, she was, she was making a salad. I don't think they're trying to make that like a recurring funny character, but, and like people think it's really funny, but I can't like it, it like the first time was kind of like, okay. And this time it's like, they're recycling it and they just choose a different food. 
And like, it's sort of a different, you know, I don't know. Like this one, she, she's really coarse at the dinner table. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't really like, I'm not crazy about that one. That was not one of the ones that what made about, me What feel- about the Matt Shat? One thing, I, one one I liked was Matt Shat game show where this guy with like nipples, he's got like a million nipples and he's very goofy looking. He shouldn't be with Anna DeArmas physically. And Kenan Thompson. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. I was like, He's trying to figure out why they're together. Like, is he rich? What's going on with this guy? And, like, there's no reason why she should be with him. I thought that one was like that was one of my favorites. One. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Now again, I wasn't rolling on the floor like the old days, but I liked it. Now give me and another then, one. Another one I liked was the Spanish teacher one, where they made they they showed how inept the Spanish teacher was. Like those, that's not really how they talk. And other people. Yes. Took that one was I liked that one was the best one I thought. That was good, and it wasn't that the Spanish teacher was inept. He was more than adequate for his, his for his students. But when you get a couple students that come in from Nicaragua or somewhere, yeah. and they're rolling that stuff off, they could teach you. And that was that, that's what made it kind of uncomfortable. Which my only comeback to that and thought that is those kids wouldn't have needed to be in that class because they already know Spanish. You know, but, I, I but love, it was I cool. Love, it was like, funny. It's like the one time when they had the guy who was like teaching guys how to pick up girls, and the, like the janitor walks in, the guy who's delivering the water, and he takes over. I, I think they have, they're on to something with that. They're on to something like that. When you have a quote-unquote expert teaching a class, then you have yeah. someone else come in, and they're better than the expert. Yes. They, they yeah. take over. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's actually it was creative. I like that one. Yes, I did. I, I like that one. What else? I know there was a couple more because I remember sitting there, sitting there thinking, yeah, I, I really like this. is pretty good tonight. Um, yeah, um, give me a second here. Mm-hmm. Give me a second. I'm looking – I'm looking at what do you think about what do you think about weekend update? Let's talk because that's your favorite. Well, I always I always love weekend update. I'm trying to think of uh they had the one girl on there and she was she was like ripping um Colin uh, whatever his name is, uh Colin Jost. Jost. Yeah. She's kind of ripping him like like really t- there was a, a moment in there I'm like, all right, sweetie, we get it. We get the you know, come on. Just ease up now. But, you know, there was just – but for the most part, I mean, uh, there's never a um, – oh, and then they had a – they had another – a new staff member come down on like a pulley or something like that, uh, and she was uh, – you know, ah, you know, I, I – I, that whole thing was – I don't know. I, I Let me guess. Did you like the one where they're recording music and they have uh, Anna DeArmas and the other girl? Um, he, and the guy, the producer, trying to explain what he wants. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the damn spicy. <laughs> you like, yeah. I, I can see yeah. you liking that one. I, I was like, probably likes this one. I did. I did like that because that was, was kind of like the car valet one where they, they, they didn't take the instructions. They took the instructions and went in another direction with it. Yeah, and 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 you know they, they like, SNL uses the archetypes. They use a similar set, sort of like skeletal framework. And they just fill it in. You know what I mean? They go with formulas that work. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get that, you know. Um, yeah, it, it was it was kind of cool because they would start like, yeah, like, okay, let's do this rap. And instead of saying, you know, you know, oh, uh, I, I, you know, I get 100 bitches a day and I make it rain and I dry, I have 38 inch rims and all this kind of stuff, which is, I look, that's all cool stuff. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious when I say that. But they, she said something about, oh, yeah, I have a, uh, you know, I have a 98 Prius or not Friday. There is no 98 Prius, but I have a 98 Taurus or this or that. And he's like, yo, yo, no, no. So it was more like they were, they were rapping like his reality and he wanted them to, to rap, you know, the bullshit that, that most of them do in anyway. But anyway, um, it was good. It was a good scene. It was a good uh, good skit. Give me yeah. another one. 
Um, no, I mean, we, let's not take up too much time talking about this. I mean, all right, but the, every, by overall, every skit. I mean, there was one with anxiety. You know, the, the short. I think it was one of those. Um, Please delete this immediately. They have like a, they have like a uh, like a digital type of like pre recorded movie type thing, and they have her like um, it's called Please Don't Destroy. That's like the name of their little like digital uh, creation thing. Um, and they include the writers. The writers are never on camera, but for this, the writers are on camera, like the guy with the red hair and things like that. Um, oh, just when they went out to the, to the bar and they got drunk and 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 they were that that's the one that I liked. It was a little more. It wasn't a skit. It was like a, a clip um of some of the writers or or the the, the you know it's the like people. some of, you're probably onto it yeah it was it's because i'm it's, i think it was like it was called the anxiety or something like that yeah i guess i guess because they were ha- they were hung over um and yeah it showed them going out to the night before and and he says no yeah, i don't right. re- it's so, it's I have, night before yeah, yeah i don't remember anything like that a guy standing on the bar and he's throwing glasses and stuff i thought that was funny because listen uh, I thought the funniest part of that one was where the guy, the red-haired writer, thought he had a, a chemistry with Anna de Armas. Yeah, and she's um, like, can you not speak directly at me? <laughs> and then he's like, then he goes on his computer after she, she tells him there's nothing between them, and he's, he has like a love letter written, he immediately deletes it. Like, there's little things like that which I can appreciate. Yes. Um, But the please don't destroy ones, I'm trying to get into them. I'm trying to appreciate them because the problem is Andy, Sa- Andy Sandberg, a former cast member, very funny cast member, yeah. He used to always um he had his own little production uh thing like that. He's like the I think he's the originator. Well not really the originator, but all of his were pretty funny. Um you know. Yeah. Like the song like the song he created, I just had sex. Yeah. Like he created a song that's called I Just Had Sex and he created a music video all about just having sex. Like after like that was yeah, pretty- yeah. And he did he did the Justin Timberlake one, Dick in a Box. I remember that one. Yeah. Was, he has some Andy Samberg has some classic ones and like the Please Don't Destroy one. And Andy Samberg was also a cast member. So the Please Don't Destroy ones are just they're just not that just writers should be underappreciated. And maybe these writers are talented enough to be on camera. But it's like I like seeing like when they had like the cast members on the the, the, the digital shorts, like when they had Andy Samberg on. Um things like that. I also miss the cartoons. I know it's not politically correct now. But the ambiguously gay duo back in the day was pretty damn funny. Uh, that I just that, that I just I I I, I it just I I don't I don't I never liked it. It's kind of weird. I just I didn't dig it. I, I just uh, and I didn't think that um, that the the lady coming down and, and you know in in the weekend update in the harness and everything. I have no problem with people that are trans or whatever. The you know non-binary. I don't know. I got to start breaking out a math book just to figure out what the hell it wrote. You know non-binary or what. I, I get you. I get you. I'm cool. But I thought that was the wrong venue. I just thought that was – this is the weekend update. It's supposed to be funny. You're talking about a – you know, we, we, they could put something else out or say it in a different way or give her 30 seconds at the end of the show to say something. But to like in, in there like that and coming down, and that got on my nerves a little bit. I, I Like I said, I like everybody to do their own thing. I don't bother anybody. But for Christ's sake, can we, can we, can we give it a break? Or can we, can we you know, put it in its proper – can we compartmentalize it, put it in its proper spot and not, not overlap it with other things? It's just one of those things that ambiguously gay thing uh, that that just annoyed the shit out of me. It really did. For some reason, it just did. I, I don't. I, okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Robert Smigel was the writer. Like he was like the writer of those. Um, I think instead of debuted on the Dana Carvey show, then it moved to you know SNL. It was it was a staple of the show, and I just thought it was like because now they they can't really make that now. But I thought it was I and I was younger watching this. I'm like this is this is pretty damn funny. But 
you start to think, am I laughing too much at this stuff? Because that's the whole point. It's supposed to be like really funny. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. It, 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 I just, just, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't. <laughs> okay. Not my, not my, not my deal, bro. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on to the movie reviews. So I saw three movies since our last show. Okay. Um, I saw Renfield, Nicholas Cage is in it. Nicholas Holt's in it. uh, Aquafina's in it. Uh, The premise was good. It's all about like a vampire who Nicholas Cage is. He's he plays Dracula, (laughs) the vampire. Right. He's got a familiar. The familiar is a vampire like who like gives them some powers and they, but they have control over the familiar. They're like they're, they're like the vampire slave. If you know anything about vampire lore, that's what it is. But um, anyway, so Nicholas Holt is his familiar. Um, he's he's Dracula's slave. He does everything for him. He gets he kills all the people for him. He brings them to the bodies to, for him to eat the food um, while he's recovering and things like that. I, don't, I thought it was clever. I thought it was funny. I give it a 7.2. Could have been better, but it was very enjoyable. Right. Uh, I think it only made $7.8 million in the box office because Super Mario has taken over the box office. Super Mario made another $87 million, I believe. It's almost up to seven hundred million uh, worldwide. Super Mario is killing it in the box office. Um, then I saw a movie with with uh, Russell Crowe called The Pope's Exorcist, and I'm not always crazy about the Exorcist movies because they've kind of been overdoing the Possession Exorcist movies. But mm-hmm. I really like this movie. I thought it was unique. It kind of had a little bit of a Da Vinci Code feel to it, combined with exorcism, and it was like you knew why Russell Crowe why he he works directly for the Pope. He talks about like all these exorcism cases, how like a lot of them could be attributed to like mental health and like science, but there's two percent, there's two percent that just like they can't explain what's going on. Is it really possession? And you know, the movie takes us creative liberties. It's a you know, it's a, it's a fictional movie, but I thought it was pretty interesting. It's like there's 200 like fallen angels, and they have these portals all over the world where they can like possess people. And I thought it was unique. Um, that made 9.2 million, so it did a little bit better than Renfield. Um, but I, I give that Pope's Exorcist, um, I probably give it a 6.4. I know Redfield gave it a higher score, but I thought just because I'm, I'm kind of critical about the exorcism movies, and usually I'd probably give it under a six, but I Let thought it just, was pretty well done. I haven't seen it. I'd like to see it, but it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't portray the Catholic Church in a bad light, does it? No, no. It's, okay, um, good. Okay, good. No, it's good. pretty interesting. Because like there's parts of the Catholic Church who don't believe in exorcism and they want to get rid of Russell Crowe's position. They don't believe in it. They're like, you know, this is not a real job. There's really no one that's possessed. And the Pope's telling him, it's like, no, we, I need you. You're my guy. There's people who get possessed and you're the guy who gets rid of those demons and gets that demon out. And there's some cool parts when they show the girl who was possessed or the little kid who was, was possessed. Um, he, he raved the cross in front of the eyes or something like that. And you see the, it went from his color eyes, but it went from two, sets of eyes two sets of eyeballs and the sets of eyeballs that was the demon was like this gold colored like set of eyes that are inside that human being and i thought that was pretty cool how they showed that that's cool um, i just wanted to make sure because sometimes these and i did i didn't even see the da vinci code i just know that they tried to portray the the catholic church listen and i i, I know every, you're so a lot of people out there that well, I, well listen i told you this before in the catholic church in any other religion you have about maybe three percent of the clergy that are probably and in, in, involved in in stuff that is is absolutely horrific and deplorable but not don't kill the 97 percent of good people for the three percent of the boneheads yeah. and that applies to everything including the catholic church because i know the catholic church has really taken a lot of 
stomach punches. And and look, I'm not devout. I don't even go to church every week. But at, at, at the core, you know, my 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 parents were, were Catholic, and 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 my grandparents and so forth. My lineage is Catholic. It's not perfect, but it's ours. Right. And I just didn't want another movie to kick the Catholic Church in the balls. Now, there's a movie called Spotlight that. that, 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 yeah, let's, that talk about, Joe, let's talk about that another time. That was OK. A, OK. I have another movie review and then. OK, know, Sean, sorry. I, I, I went off on a tangent. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Um, <laughs> so another movie I saw was called Sweetwater. I was looking forward to it. I mean, it's only playing in limited theaters. I had to drive to Pennsylvania to see it. Um, right. it sounds far away, but for me, I'm kind of, you know, between Pennsylvania and New Jersey type of thing. But, um, it's about the first, one of the first African American players, one of the first black players who ever played oh, in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Cause in 1950, yeah. there was no black people allowed in the NBA. And this guy broke the barrier. He was on the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. and the Knicks really wanted him because they're a lot of the games, Madison Square Garden. Um, but they couldn't get him in the league. They kept all the white guys kept voting. All these rich white guys, the owners of the teams, and they're like, "We can't have any black guys in the league." And you know, so he broke a barrier. He was Jackie it, Robinson. Yeah, he's basically the Jackie Robinson of basketball. Yeah. He wasn't the first player um, ever to be uh, play an NBA game or be drafted, but he was the one. He was the main reason why I broke the barrier because they were all debating whether to let him in or not. And then they decided to let him in. Then they started letting other guys in, and everything. As we know, at the NBA's Great today, and it's full of uh, many black guys, and they're the best players in the world. We know the whole story, but they couldn't play in the NBA until about 1950. But I wanted to see because it was, it was Nick's team. The guy was in the Knicks, so I take a lot of pride as a Knicks fan. But the movie was just not well made. It was very boring. Um, it could have been a lot more. It was two hours long. It just felt like a, a really low budget, low quality movie. Um, it made it only made three hundred fifty thousand dollars worldwide or domestically or whatever, but. Um, could have been better. I give it a, well, I want I don't know if I'm going to go the flow because it's a great story and everything, but I, I'm going to give it a 5.1. 5.1 I'm being generous because it just wasn't entertaining. It could have been entertaining, but it just was really kind of boring. Okay. Uh, so Fair. that was the movies I saw. Um, and Joe, I want to ask you. Oh, did you, didn't you see one outside the theater called Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> You told me you recommended that to me. That's a Nicholas <laughs> from 1980. I started watching that. I didn't finish it yet, but it's pretty good so far. Oh, uh, okay. You got it. It's it's funny though. It's funny. You got to have that sense of humor. But go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you have a goatee, man, right? Yes. Trim now. You, it's not. You, right. When's the last time you ate, ate an apple or a piece of fruit? A piece of fruit? Yeah. Uh, earlier today. Okay. What'd you have? I had a banana. Okay, so banana is a little easier to eat, but I've been I basically have been eating an apple every day, like an apple. You know, like an apple a day keeps the doctor away, and right. it's healthy. It gives me energy when I'm, you know, I don't want to have caffeine. I just eat. I eat an apple, and I feel better. Anyway, sometimes when I'm eating, as I have a beard now, sometimes right. when I'm eating an apple, even today, I'll see when I, you know, you bite into the apple and you see the bite, you know, see the bite marks, you see the inside of the apple. There'll be a little piece of hair in the apple. It's from my beard and mustache. I'm like, that's disgusting. That's part of having a beard. You know, you have hair in your face and you're chewing into this apple. I guess it is. Hair you know getting, what? Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of disgusting, though. I'm like, dude, nah. this is- it's your hair, cuz it's your hair. And that's, that's A. B is what's always what's imperative after a meal, after I eat anything, is I have to, and I'm trimmed up. You know me, I'm trimmed up very nicely. And when I say goatee, it's not this, this you know, this, this Hell's Angels looking. It's a nice trimmed up. But that, be that as it may, after a meal, 
about five minutes after a meal, you oh yeah, let me get over to the to the faucet. You get a little water in your fingers and you rub it up on your lips to where your the hair meets your lips because if you don't, it gets kind of like the it, the food whatever you were eating is kind of sticky. It's there, so you just get a little water after like five minutes after a meal. You get a little water in your hands, rub your lips down, and wipe them off, and it's like it's like taking a shower. I maintain my beard. I groom it. I use beard oil and stuff. I know all that stuff, but it's, when I'm eating that apple, man, it's like, this is not even talking about cleaning the beard, having food in the beard. It's like, I see a little piece of hair in the, in the apple that I just bit into. I'm like, this is, it's my hair, but it's like, damn, this is part of having a beard, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it's your hair. You take your finger and flick it away and eat, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, going to do? You ever, have you ever eaten the, uh, the food Cracker Jacks? Oh, the, like, like out of the ball game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't I, had them in years, but yeah, I've had them. My mom used to buy them growing up because they sell them at like warehouses and stuff. And I used to always have Cracker Jacks in the house. And I've been looking for them. I go to this warehouse wholesale club called BJ's. And today I walk in, what do I see? Cracker Jacks, little bags of Cracker Jacks. Um, so I bought a big box of Cracker Jacks. So <laughs> pretty excited about that because I haven't well, seen them. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's going to do some, it's going to do a number on your teeth. You were talking about, you yeah. were talking about laying off some of the sweets, but that's why I don't mess with them. I don't yeah. even really look for them too much. They're good. Don't get me wrong. But that caramel corn is like, you know, that's the enamel's uh, <laughs> enemy, you know? I don't know. Um, then I quickly want to say, uh, I wore a Super Mario shirt. I have a Super Mario shirt. I got it be- way before the movie came out. I love Super Mario. I played it as a kid. Talked about it in the movie last week. But anyway, I'm wearing my Super Mario shirt today. I'm in Walmart. There's another gentleman with a Star Wars shirt walking towards me. And he looks at me and he says, oh, Super Mario. There you are. You know, awesome or whatever like that. So I'm a gentleman, two two geeks in a Walmart because we're wearing like superhero shirts. Yeah, like you guys should have gone Mario. to Comic-Con or something. And, man. you know, it's like it's like we're in Walmart and he recognized my shirt. I wasn't going to say anything. You know, I saw, I'm a Star Wars fan too, but I, like it was funny. We we geeked, we geeked out for a second at Walmart. He acknowledged my shirt. I thought that was pretty funny. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, all right. So, Joe, uh, before we move on to our actor of the week, you have something to say. Yes. I just wanted to tell everybody if they get a chance to dial up, because you can dial up anything. There's a program I watched on CNN last night that, again, you can dial up anytime you want. It's a new series starting on Sunday nights called The Whole Truth. And last night's episode was really, uh, was really, really did a number uh, on me. I mean, uh, it was about uh, migrants uh, leaving Colombia and heading to the United States. And, and when they left Colombia, they have to, to go through Panama and they're discontinued building a highway through there for 66 miles because it's just so difficult uh so what they have is uh 66 miles of jungle muddy up to your knees muds in sometimes hills rocks all kinds of stuff snakes uh, you, you, you jungle i'm talking this is jungle jungle you know uh and, and these folks there are hundreds if not thousands i think it's several hundred people every single day uh that are that are that are making this journey and they make that journey and when they come out the other end of this 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 the 66 miles of hell they still have 3000 miles to walk to get to the, the U.S. border. but And I know we have, I understand, and I'm not trying to change anyone politically. I'm really not. And this is not about politics. This is only about I, I, what, what would make a mother 
take a three or four year old kid through something like this? What, what are they running from? And I think too often we forget that these people, I mean, can you imagine living in one of these countries and uh, some guys come to your door with machine guns and they say, give us your 16 year old daughter. We need her for a couple hours. Oh, wait, wait, no, you, what? And they point the gun at you and say, don't, don't listen. We're taking your 16-year-old daughter for a couple hours. If you shut up, you'll live, and we'll bring her back. Don't don't even mess around. Now, you can't call the police because the police have been bought off by the drug cartels, and they're not going to come out, okay? And people can get murdered right out in front of the in the in right of your house, and you could see who did it, but it doesn't matter. These kind of things. I mean, and I'm not – this is not hyperbole. I promise you. These people are running from, from situations that are unconscionable, and – it makes sense then because you wonder how could these people want to want to go through that? Why? Okay. I'm just wanting to, to, sometimes we forget, Sean, and we, we forget about the conditions from which these people are fleeing. Okay. And they're leaving, they're leaving Columbia to get to the U S they're going through this thing called the, that 66 miles of jungle of discontinued highway is called the Darien gap. It's D-A-R-I-E-N gap. Uh, and I watched it and I, I knew, I knew this thing would be arduous. I knew this thing would be, be difficult, you know, extremely difficult, gut wrenching at times, but I had no idea it was like this. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, forget politics, whoever you are. I don't care who you vote for, whatever you do, because I'm all for we have to do certain things. Now, our, we are a nation of immigrants, Sean, and, and your ancestors came through Ellis Island just like mine did. They didn't have to jump through any hoops. They didn't have to take any classes. They didn't have to pass any written tests. They just had to give their name and sign up and say, OK, welcome, young man or young woman. That's all they had to do. And these were our ancestors. Right. Sure as shit. Believe me, they came over with with very little skills and they were laborers and they came over. And when you look at these people, you're looking at our ancestors, three, four, five generations down the line. And what kind of empathy would you hope people would have shown them? That's all. That's all I'm saying. Let's 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 give them empathy. And under the Statue of Liberty, it says, give us your tired, your poor and your huddled masses. Okay, so that's all I want to say, and I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm not trying to change it. Believe me, I, I, there are arguments for both sides, and there have to be rules and regulations to everything, including this. But let's not lose. I think we lose we lose the empathy for these people, and and specifically for the conditions from which they are fleeing. Okay, so. Anybody, please. It's called the show. It's on every Sunday. Every Sunday's a new topic. This just happened to be episode one. Okay. And it's the Darien Gap. And it's about people, migrant people who are so afraid and so desperate. They are willing to traverse 66 miles. This is a, a four day journey. They camp out in this stuff. Yeah. No, it's tough. It, 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 it it's just unbelievable. And it's a, it's a damn good show. And it, it's enlightening. They know they have a chance to die, but they want to get here so bad. So if you just think about that, that common premise, they want to leave their place so bad, they're willing to die for it. You have yes. to have some respect. The respect for, for their guts and also some empathy for, for, for living, for, 
were hanging in as long as they did it and and, and in those kind of and really I, it's sadness for me too that some parts of the world are still like that but go ahead yeah, one thing i think is like you know everyone wants to go in our country so bad because we're the land of hope and dreams mm-hmm. uh we're a melting pot we're getting a little overpopulated so i wish they like countries could work together we could like be like hey listen we can't afford to have all these new uh immigrants coming in like we'd love to take them all can you help us out? Can you, can they go to your country instead? Um, you know, a safer country, not a third world country. We have to have some sort of a overflow because it's like, well, when they get here, if they get in a lot of times, how are they making money? They could barely read. They can barely speak our language and they're struggling to survive, but it's better than they, where they were. So they know they have these obstacles, but um, there's definitely um, more humane things to do than keeping them in cages and stuff. And, you know, and thinking that they're just ruining our country. You know what I mean? You have to think about it from a human being perspective, but realistically we can't, you know, we don't have unlimited space and resources to take them all, you know? So there's gotta be better solutions. I agree with you. There there have to be Sean. And you know what though, when I look at the United States of America and we're one. All right. So moving on to our actor of the week, uh, Christian Bale, uh, if you don't know him, then you're probably living under a rock the past 20 years. He's one of the most famous and best actors in America and probably the world. Definitely the world, I'd say. Uh, he was born January 30th, 1974 in Pembrokeshire, Wales. Uh, his mother was a circus performer. His dad was a commercial pilot. He lived in England, Portugal, and the United States growing up. Um, because obviously, you know, his dad was a commercial pilot, so it kind of makes sense. He's lived in some various places. His first acting job was a serial commercial in 1983. So I guess when he was nine years old, he got put into a serial commercial. Uh, Steven Spielberg noticed him in a 1986 miniseries called The Mystery of Anna, and he cast him in Empire of the Sun in 1987. Um, so that was one of his first roles. I mean, he was only 11, he was only 13 years old when Empire of the Sun came out. So, um, he likes to imagine when preparing the when preparing for a role. He likes to imagine that the director says he doesn't like the scene, so he has to be prepared to make something up. So he's very, very smart. I mean, he anticipates a lot of things. So he he imagines the director saying, literally, "I don't like how you're doing this this scene, Christian," and he already has a response. He already has a rebuttal. He already has a way to make things better. Um, he's already adapting to what the director wants. Um, so that's you know. It's it's a really cool thing that act these actors have a lot of different things they do to to make themselves better actors, and it sounds like he does a lot of little things like that, which obviously lead to him being a proficient A list actor. Um, when he auditioned for American Psycho, one of his most famous roles, he took a different approach than others auditioning. They all wanted um, to know how the character became the way he did. Like, how did this guy become a psycho killer? And Christian Bale thought it didn't matter. And him and the director were reading scenes together, laughing at the same stuff, and they clicked. Um, he didn't overthink it. He didn't think, okay, how'd this guy become a psycho? He took on the role, and he made the he made the role the best he could, whereas everyone was focusing on, you know, how did they – because a lot of actors are different. They have their different methods, of we, which we talked about. So some, sometimes they want to learn all about the actor and how get in their mind. It's a biography or something like that. How did this person become evil? What was the origin? It makes sense to do that, but I guess Bale took a different approach. Um, he says, don't doubt that you have instincts. You are always going to bring something unique than others. Um, so always trust your instincts. He says, music is a big part of building characters for him. He listens to a lot of music to get into the mood when he's working. 
changes in changing the music can alter whole approaches to scenes. So he messes around listening to various different songs and music, uh, preparing for the role, and it helps him prepare. So I, I can vibe with that. I love music. You know, music definitely changes my mood. I, I use it in different ways too. So um, I understand where he's coming from with that. Yeah. Um, he said people told him if he played Patrick Bateman, his character from American Psycho, he said um, he would never get other roles again. And he said, bring it on. He thought he was going to be, the people thought he was going to be typecast into this psycho killer. He said, bring it on. He wasn't scared. He said, if you don't have the skill to rise above that, then that, that's that. So he was confident in his skill and his ability. He, he, he refused to be typecast. Um, so post uh, American Psycho, post Patrick Bateman, he said things got easier for him landing roles. So he betted himself. He went with his instincts. Um, he didn't listen to everyone around and what they were, what they were saying. And obviously he became the actor he did. And, um, like I said, his first major role was Empire of the Sun. But for me, the first major role I saw him in was American Psycho. That was a hell of a movie. Um, you know, he was in a bunch of movies. Equilibrium, The Machinist, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Terminator Salvation, The Fighter, The Dark Knight Rises, Out of the Furnace, American Hustle, etc. Um, but not to gloss over, you know, all those movies real quickly. I'm just going to give my top five. Uh, so my top five, number one, it, it has to be the, the Batman trilogy. It's got to be, you know, I saw Batman Begins in the theater. I saw The Dark Knight in the theater. I didn't see The Dark Knight Rises in theaters, though, but... That trilogy, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, is the best of all the Batman trilogies, in my opinion. Right. Um, I love those. So, did you see any of those Batmans? I don't recall. I'm not a big Batman fan, but a lot of people are. Okay, it's fair enough. But yeah. um, so that's number one for me. The, the Batman trilogy is number one. Uh, I got to go with American Psycho number two. That I movie saw was, that. Yeah, that was a great movie. Um, three. You know, three. I'm having a tough time. Top two are no question about top two. It's Batman and American Psycho. But after that, it gets a little bit, you know, tough for me to choose the, the rest. But I guess I'll just I'll go with it. Um, I guess I'll go with The Machinist, um, number three. That was a good movie. Uh, American Hustle, number four. And see, this is, I'm having a tough time with this one. Um, going with number five, is it's tough. He's been a lot of good movies. The Fighter. I'm going. I'm between a Fighter, The Fighter, and The Prestige. I guess I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, I guess I'll go with The Prestige. The Prestige is a hell of a movie. That's my top five. Christian Bale, hell of an actor. Um, he really is a great guy. I mean, if you watch his interviews, which I recommend, he's very well thought out. He's very intense, um, and he seems to be very thorough in his approach to preparing for his roles, which obviously leads to a lot of success. Joe, what have you seen him in? Have you seen him in anything? I've seen him in just about everything you mentioned. That I didn't. I haven't seen all of that, but uh, yeah, he's been in in myriad movies, uh, and he's a, he's a solid actor. Um, the only thing I can that sticks out to me though that, that and I think he's a it's a good dude. And listen, one one incident doesn't define anyone, but there was an incident where there was somebody some some lowly stagehand or somebody was was in his way, and he absolutely berated that person. And that always stuck in my craw a little bit about him, um, where most actors won't do that kind of a thing. So I don't know what kind of dude he is. I guess he's an okay dude. I guess he can be a little bit of a prick at times, apparently, from what that story was, uh, you know. But as far as acting, solid actor, been in a lot of stuff. He has talent. There's no two ways about it. 
So um, I don't really have a top five for him. I saw American Psycho. It was a good movie. It was a little bit disturbing at times. So, but I guess that's the idea. Um, you got to remember though, some of these actors are under a lot of pressure, um, and they're they're stars of their movies. So you're focused on one thing that happened on the set, and you don't know the whole story. You just heard, okay, you berated a stagehand, but there's probably more to it. He probably probably has apologized, and you know. Yeah. I don't, Things like because you hear a lot of a lot of these actors are very intense, and some of them are method acting. When you're method acting, you don't really you lose control because you're you're caught up in your character, right? Um, so I wouldn't hold that against Christian Bale. He seems like a good dude, right? That's why I said I, I'm not. It's stuck in my craw a little bit about him. It's there, but it's not. It didn't. It didn't. You know, it's it's. Are you eating one. a cough drop right now? Huh? Yes. Well, okay, because I could I could I hear the cough drop. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds a lot different. Not not a big deal, but I just noticed. I I had to ask. Yeah, that's all right. Um, okay, so that's Christian Bale, great actor. Uh, again, my I gave my top five, but for me, what he's been in, it's got to be the Dark Knight. Um, yeah, the Dark Knight trilogy for me. That's Dark Knight and Psycho. Um, you know, the Batman, okay. American Psycho, and uh, American Hustler are my top three. And from there, it's just they're all good movies. I mean, Ford vs Ferrari, he was in that was a good movie. Uh, Thor. He actually one of my favorites. That he, one of the favorite roles he played, but not necessarily one of my favorite movies is Thor: Love and Thunder from last year. He plays an excellent villain. Um, if you see this movie, you'll understand why he became the villain that he did in this movie, and it makes a lot of sense. But all right, so that's that's Christian Bale. Let's move on to our Snapple fact. Uh, Snapple fact sixteen eleven. The fifty star flag was designed for a high school class assignment. Joe, do you know this? I did not. So originally there was only a 48 star flag. Um, and then in 1958, this young man, um, Bob Heft, um, was in school and he had heard that Alaska and Hawaii could soon become states. So for a class project, uh, each student had to bring in something that they made for class. Um, and he heard this, you know, he heard that Alaska and Hawaii are probably going to be states soon. So he created a 50 star flag. Uh, he made some adjustments to his parents' 48-star flag. Neato. Right in the class, and the teacher was not impressed. Uh, the teacher said, why does it have extra stars? You don't even know how many states we have. And he kind of berated him. He gave him a B-. minus. Uh, but then later on, you know, Alaska and Hawaii became states, and we have 50 stars now. Um, so the teacher said, I'll change your grade if this actually becomes a real flag, because um, Bob Heft protested the low grade. Um, he said, you know, this is going to be a thing. There's going to be more states. We're going to need more stars. So just kind of not to go a whole story here, but that's the snap of fact. And I looked into it. It was pretty interesting, Joe. I mean, that's how, you know, a, a, a grade school person, you know, created our 50-star flag. He he adjusted, he edited the 48-star t- flag in the 50. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is neat. President Eisenhower called them, um, and he said, that flag design had been chosen over a 1,000 designs. Um, July 4, 1960, um, he went to the White House and he saw a school project design became the official American flag. So it's pretty incredible. Good job, Bobby. Absolutely. Um, all right. So on the real, are you ready to be stumped, Joe? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Story number one. I emptied my daughter's college fund to keep my Malibu dream house. She's furious. Story number two. 
Airline passenger asked to leave flight for excessive farting. Story number three. Massachusetts man arrested for vandalizing TD Garden. Repeat three again. Massachusetts man arrested for vandalizing TD Garden. That's where the Celtics play. Oh, okay. I'm used to saying Boston Garden. I'm, I'm not okay. So he was arrested for vandalizing? Yes. Mm, that happened. I don't think that that's a big headline. I will say, believe it or not, I'll say the, what was that first one again? I emptied my daughter's college fund to keep my Malibu dream house. She's furious. I'm going to say the middle one is is feasible. If somebody was really flatulent and somebody might say, yo, <laughs> I can't stay here, ma. Okay. I can't. So I'm going to say the middle one about flatulence is true. Okay. Well, I got news for you, sir. I stumped you. That's okay. The first one was true. Uh, wow. a mother, a mother uh, the, you know, she emptied her da- car, daughter's college fund to keep the Malibu dream house. The daughter found out and she was very furious. So, um, <laughs> good deal. Just, you know, you got, yeah, you got she me was, on that one. She, she was a widow. She lost her husband four years ago. Uh, she had a 16 year old. She has a 16 year old daughter. Um, yeah. The late husband left everything to her and told me to trust his lawyer. And, uh, you know. She spent most of the money on a Malibu house. She, the deal was too good to be true, I guess. She wanted that house. And um, right by the sea. And apparently, you know, she did it at the expense of her daughter's college fund. So that was kind of messed up. The only thing that made me think that it wasn't real is that most people will not come out and admit, admit something like that. <laughs> They're, yeah. too, you know, usually too ashamed to admit something like that. And, you know, and not only admit it, but publish it. So it's, uh, it's neat. All right. Absolutely. All right. So no Brian Koberger update this week. Um, <laughs> not, not, not much news, but uh, the current event. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, Joe. The story um, about Bob Lee, the Cash App founder, was murdered, stabbed to death in San Francisco. Do you hear that? Yeah. yeah. All right. So this name of the story from New York Times is what we know about the killing of the Cash App founder, Bob Lee. Um, so initially people thought people were up in arms because San Francisco has kind of become a Wild West of crime, a haven of crime where no no one's safe walking around there. Um, Whole Foods opened up a store a year ago. They already had to close down because they couldn't keep up with the shoplifting and people messing with the food and the cops wouldn't help out. So there's a lot of shoplifting going on. There's not a lot of people aren't being punished uh, for stealing. There's violence that's happening. There's a lot of homelessness. And people thought that Bob Lee was murdered by a homeless person or something, but it it turned out to be much more uh, sinister and calculated. Um. You know, he, he was Bob Lee basically is a well-known tech executive, you know, created Cash App and he was stabbed to death on April 4th. Um, first, like I said, they thought it was some random killing, but um, they they charged a guy named Nima Momeni. He was another tech entrepreneur. Uh, apparently, uh, Lee was hanging out with his sister and um, this guy, Momeni, thought that he did something to his sister, like he gave her drugs or something like that, or something happened. Um, and turns out that Momeni was the man, or the suspect at least, that stabbed him to death. Um, it's a shame because Bob Lee was admired among his engineers. 
Um, he's called him Crazy Bob. He liked to go out late on weeknights and stay out late and stuff. Um, he was in San Francisco to visit family members, and he was there for business. He, he was he married, had, though, wasn't he? No, he was divorced. He was divorced. Okay. He, had, he has a daughter. Um, okay. He said, uh, Mr. Lee, his good friend said that um, him and Mr. Lee left without Mr. Miss uh, Miss Momeni, the Mr. Momeni's sister. They went to Bob's hotel. Um, he talked on the phone with Mr. Momeni. And Momeni was questioning him. He thought he, was his sister doing drugs or anything inappropriate. I guess he was being very protective over, over his sister. I don't know. Right. What was going on, no. Um, Mr. Lee assured him nothing inappropriate had happened. Um, his friend Lee and his friend continued to hang out. Uh, the surveillance footage showed that Mr. Lee went to uh, Miss Momeni, her residence, uh, for roughly eighty minutes, and then it showed uh, Mr. Lee and uh, Mr. Momeni, the brother, leaving her residence. So at some point, the brother left his sister's apartment with Bob Lee, the, the guy who died. Right. Um, they left in uh, Mr. Momeni's BMW. And then later on that, on that street, Bob Lee was stabbed twice in the chest and once in the hip. Um, and part of it might have been captured uh, from a distant camera. Um, he used a four inch blade of a kitchen knife. He threw it in the parking lot and sped away in his car. He left Mr. Lee to die slowly. Um, but a, a week later, investigators unlocked Bob Lee's phone, the victim, and they got a text, text message from Miss Momeni. Um, it showed that Miss Momeni, Mr. Momeni's sister, was concerned about Bob's interaction with her brother. She said she just wanted to make sure you're doing okay. Her brother came way too down hard. Came down way down hard on him. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an open investigation. Momeni was taken into custody. He was booked last Thursday uh, in San Francisco County Jail. He has not entered a plea yet. Um, so Joe, I mean, what is your opinion on this? When this stuff happens, well, first everyone jumped to conclusions thinking that it was a random killing by the random because everyone the narrative is to blame San Francisco for their their crime, right? And yeah. you find out. It was some, it was kind of like a personal attack. Momeni had, had um, motive to kill Bob Lee. He thought he did something to his sister. So um, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting story that's going to evolve. We're going to find out more details about it. And I have a feeling that Momeni's guilty. It's all signs point to because when I, I looked into Momeni, um, he has a little criminal record. Record. Um, he was arrested in like 2011 for like selling a knife. So he's got he's got a thing where he carries knives around. And like, why do people carry knives around? You know what I mean? They want to protect themselves, but he he seems to have a violent streak in him. And obviously, it showed he killed Bob Lee. Apparently, so um, what are your thoughts, Joe? My thoughts are just exactly what you said, but I, I, my thoughts are also along cultural lines. That uh, in some cultures, I mean, you know. In some cultures, certain things will fly, and in other cultures, things will not fly. And I think this is just, uh, he was offended. I think this Momeni was offended with whatever went on between Lee and his sister really, really set him off. Whereas normally, if it were just in, in, in an American typical Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm not saying it's justifying what he did. I'm trying to tell you that's what I think happened. I think he just got extra, extra, extra offended. 
because he's used to a certain cultural norms when it comes to women or sisters and things like that. So it, it affected him more and set him off more. I'm not saying he was right. I'm saying, but that's, you know, from is where it, his you know, first opinion that he's definitely guilty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like an open case, right? Yeah. I'm not locking him up yet, but that's my first thought. Okay. You know? Are you yep. still, you still got a cough drop in, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> is it the same cough drop? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like really distracting, but it's fine, man. That's yeah, what the show's about. The show's about these little human moments, man. Yeah. It's, that's, I can think of things that are more distracting, but. Jeez, if that's going to set someone off, sorry. We want, we want to make sure the real. Sorry, Jeff, folks. We want to make sure the real Joe Thurman's talking. It sounds like a, a guy trying to be trying to sound like Joe Thurman, but it's just you with the cough drop. We're fine. Right. Um, we're almost right. done anyway. We're we're coming down a home stretch here. Yeah. All right. So that's that's the that's the current event. It sounds like Bob Lee was murdered in cold blood. Um, Momeni's probably guilty. Um, you know, it's sad. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Obviously, a father and a, a former husband, his ex-wife, and his family is probably devastated. His kids probably devastated. Everyone in his life, he was well-liked. It's probably devastated. It shouldn't have happened. He moved out of San Francisco because he's probably concerned about San Francisco becoming too dangerous. And then he goes back to visit, and he gets killed. It's just not, you know. And we could find out more of the story. But even if we find out that Bob Lee did something wrong to Momeni's sister, which he probably didn't, but if he did, it doesn't give anyone the right to stab you to death. You know what I mean? No, and that's not what I was suggesting. I was suggesting no, I know, that but suppose I you, something. I you're, alluding to. you're alluding to that in certain cultures, if you do something to someone's family member, then it's like they, they want blood or whatever. But this guy, Momeni, was a tech entrepreneur. He's an American citizen. Uh, he knows better, right? It's just, it's just very – it just shouldn't have happened. Right. All around, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Momeni should have been able to handle – what happened, be- what I think happened between Lee and the sister is two adults. And what Momeni should have done is like, well, my sister's an adult. I'm not crazy about this, but my sister's an adult. That's what he should have done. I don't think he did that. He didn't, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, sports real quick because this show, uh, it went a little long, I guess. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> So let's move on to sports. NBA playoffs are on tonight. Looks like the Sixers went up 2 nothing over the Nets. Looks like you guys are probably going to win the series. Um, yeah. But my guy, Mikel Bridges, is, is still playing well. He had 21 tonight. Uh, and Bede actually had 20 points and 19 rebounds. So quite a lot of rebounds for Embiid. Uh, Maxi had 33 points. Harden had a horrible game. This is what happens to Harden in the playoffs, man. Tonight, Harden played 38 minutes. He had 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists. But he was three for thirteen shooting. Um, I don't yeah. know. Harden, Harden kind of does this in the playoffs. He disappears. He turns into like a subpar player sometimes. That's what's got me concerned. Yep. Yeah. So, but are you feeling confident they're going to win the series? Though there's no doubt. Oh, I feel confident they're going to win this series. Yeah. I also feel confident they they're going to get they're going to get smacked around by the Celtics, who I think are a, un, right now a better basketball team. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the Knicks won game one versus the Cavs. That was pretty exciting. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he was, he had three fouls early, so he basically didn't play the whole second quarter. But despite not playing the whole second quarter, he still had a hell of a game. And if you watch the game, you saw him hit clutch shot after clutch shot. He ended up with 27 points. Um, you know, and he didn't even play the second quarter. So it just shows you. And Josh Hart, who sprained his ankle, unfortunately, I don't think he's playing game two, which is going to be a big blow to us. But he had 17 points, 10 rebounds. He hit a key three late. Very efficient player. 
Um, plus minus is always good, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the NBA playoffs, man. They're, they're, uh, they're fun to watch. There's games on every night. Every game means something. So I'm very happy. And then the NFL drafts coming up in a couple weeks, man. I mean, did you see today that the highest paid player ever in NFL history, um, Jalen Hurts got that huge contract? Well, I saw them use that litany that he's the highest played player. I think you he got, I think, he got, a, he got 180 guaranteed. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson has more, right? What? Deshaun Watson got paid more, right? Uh, I don't think he got, I think he did. I think. I, I, don't think, think, I don't think he got 180 guaranteed, though. I think it's a, it's a play on words. The highest, but I think there's an asterisk here and an asterisk there of this, of that, of players that I don't, you know. The guy got the guy yeah, Watson, got Watson actually got two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, right? Fully guaranteed, but uh, Hertz got more overall. Hertz got like two hundred fifty, I think, for for five years. Yeah, but the other guy got more guaranteed, so he's he's the highest paid. But see, there there's so many ways you can you can throw that around. I wouldn't start saying he's the highest played. For, yeah, he's the highest played. Well, oh well, we, when you look at this and you look at that and you look at that, the guy got he got really the Eagles got away because quarterbacks, as you know, Sean, quarterbacks are getting money that's ungodly right now. So five and a half or you know fifty, you know fifty a year, and it's crazy money. But the sport's crazy money. The position is crazy money. So are you happy the Eagles paid him? You know, I'll I'll let you know. I, I don't know yet. Because I told you, and I'll be honest with you, I love the kids. I love the kids' work ethic. I love his his the way he thinks about the game, his his dedication. I love the way he's improved, but I'm still not sure he's the guy. But you know what? Teams are bereft of quarterbacks, so even a B quarterback, which right now he's still a B quarterback, he has to prove to me he's an A quarterback. But even if he remains a B quarterback, you know you've got him every year. So I guess the answer to your question is yes, I am happy because there are teams that are looking for quarterbacks that are have been looking and will still be looking. So in that regard, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that you know, listen, you guys that you should be grateful, man. You guys have a good quarterback and he's got a lot of potential. I know you're not sold completely yet, but you guys locked him up for a while, so it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I can't go wrong. Yeah. All right, so um, you know NBA playoffs are going on. Another little light on sports today. Next week we'll probably have more sports. Sorry about that for anybody listening who looks forward to our sports, but um, got some other stuff going on. It's late right now, um, but oh, I thought the show was good, Joe. Um, any, any final words for everyone? The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. Good night. Take care.